Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. I have a little encouragement, and throughout the encouragement is going to be the kids' encouragements and kind of some stuff that they have as well. Um, So again, pardon our dust. And um, I think we've got a graphic up there for pardon our dust. But what we're really saying when we say pardon our dust, if we can go to the other picture, pardon our progress because exciting changes are in the works. (laughs) Amen. And so this is something that I've been feeling even since uh, last Sunday, if you guys remember, I felt a shift in the atmosphere. It's like something shifted for our church, something shifted for all of us corporately. Um, We are entering into the season of um, building, construction, there's birthing that's happening. It's like we've turned the page into this new season and it's time to build It's time to dream. It's time to establish. We've gone to the next level. And it's time to make a mess of the status quo. Amen? You know, if you're going to go to that next level, if you're going to birth something new, it is messy. (laughs) If you're going to go to the next level, if you're going to birth something new in the spirit, you can't be afraid of kicking up some dust in the status quo. Because sometimes some things have to be shaken up a little bit so that we can enter into the new. How many of you have been experiencing that shaking in the season where it's like, whoa, it's like seasons are shifting, people are shifting whole like life goals and work and jobs and things like that. So this is a season of construction, but this is a season of dreaming. Amen. Someone say, this is a season of dreaming. Amen. So we're supposed to enter the kingdom like a little child, right? We're supposed to enter the kingdom like a little child. What do we know about kids? They have no problems making messes. Amen. Hence, Here we go. (laughs) They have no problems making noise, testing things out, breaking things and see if it works. Is this how we want to do this? And it's really, really powerful and it's really, really awesome. So we're going to enter in the kingdom like a child. And what we're building is we are building the, the heavenly blueprints for his kingdom. We're bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, but we are also building healthy families. Somebody say healthy families healthy families. Um, it's, it's also been a season where we've actually birthed our dream interpretation group as well. Um, so it's like, there's so many things that are happening. It's not lost on me that we had our first moral action committee meeting at the same time as we had our, our next generation rehearsal. At the same time that we were birthing our dream ministry, I'm just like, wow, God is really up to something with all of this. It's really powerful. There's something about looking at this next generation of kids that gives us the grace to continue to dream, even in the face of uh, war, even in the face of things going crazy, even in the face of things politically happening and people disagreeing and like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen in the world? When you look at these kids and how anointed and how fiery they are, we aren't going to be tempted to step into the hopelessness of just like, well, gosh, Jesus, you better come back soon. Because it's like, we have dreams to accomplish. These kids have dreams ahead of them, and it gives you hope for the future. Amen? There's been many generations in the past that have seen, like, can you imagine, like, watching back in Adolf Hitler times? 
It's just like watching Adolf Hitler rise, rise to power. And it's like, oh my gosh, like he's even got the crooked cross. He's the antichrist. Jesus is coming back. He's trying to take over the world, right? And what happens is that people then rest on their, their laurels and it's like, okay, well, the world's going to heck in a handbasket. So we just pull out of everything. We do our holy huddle and uh, we're going to pray that Jesus comes back. But then when Jesus doesn't come back, now we've pulled out of every area of society. Amen. And it's like, we can't, we can't do that. We can't afford to do that. And we can't rob this generation of that. We have to keep dreaming. We have to keep building. Amen. We have to keep speaking up. We have to keep speaking up for these guys and we have to fight for their generation. Amen. And within that fight is the fight for our individual families to stay healthy our individual families to stay healthy. We're going to talk more about that in in a moment. Um, But we're going to talk about Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was rebuilding the walls of peace. This is something that we've talked about before. So what happened is... um, the, anyone living in Jerusalem, all the walls guarding the city were broken down. There was like hardly anything left. So anyone living in that city would be plundered all the time. Um, there was no safety. There was no peace. The name Jerusalem actually means peace. Amen. And so Nehemiah saw this and he was like, something needs to be done here. We have to rebuild the walls of peace so that we can have safety, so that we can thrive, so that we can dream again, because we're constantly in survival mode because everyone's robbing from us. Amen? Does any of that sound familiar? You know, the temptation is to enter into survival mode and just like, we just got to get through the day. But it's like, no, there's actually some dreams that we can accomplish here that will build into perpetuity for our next generation, that they will be able to live in peace, that they will be able to have something um, that we can pass down to our children's children. Amen. So with that, we have um, a little activation that we're going to do if Kayla wants to come up. And what we're going to do is, um, because uh, we're talking about building, we're doing a little building activation with the kids, a little prophetic activation. And what I'm, I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep preaching as they're, as they're doing their thing, and maybe we can move this kind of not in my earshot. <laughs> and um, yeah, so why don't you, you take it away? All right. So um, I want to invite all the kids and all the kids at heart, <laughs> to um, find one of the blue buckets in the back. There's Legos in there. And then ask God, God, give me a picture of something to build and who to give it to. So you're going to build something and ask God what it, who it's for. Okay? All right. All right. And so can we take these and take them over, over to the back? And kids of heart, that means you adults, if there's any of you that want to get involved in that as well, feel free to go back there as I'm preaching. Um, We're preaching about building, and so we're going to do some building as we're preaching. Amen? Awesome. All right. Thank you, Jesus. So, Jesus, I just thank you so much, God, for what you are building. (laughs) Lord, um, that what you are building is amazing. What you are building is kingdom. What you are building within us, God, is unbreakable and unshakable, God, because it's resting on the rock of Jesus Christ. So I just thank you so much for it, Lord. I ask for your anointing to come, Father, that your word would go forth, Lord, and would accomplish exactly what you have it to accomplish, Lord. And we just give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can't be afraid to make a mess. Amen. Can't be afraid of a little noise.
So in uh, Nehemiah, let's put that up on the screens. Nehemiah 4, verses 1 through 3. So now it came about that when Sanballat, someone say Sanballat. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became furious and very angry and mocked the Jews. He spoke in the presence of his brothers and the wealthy men of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Are they going to restore it for themselves? Can they offer sacrifices? Can they finish in a day? Can they revive the stones from the dusty rubble, even the burned ones? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was near him, and he said, even what they are building, if a fox should jump on it, he would break their stone wall down. So what is happening right there is Sanballat is there, and he is taunting the Jews. He's mocking them, and he's trying to intimidate them from doing their work. And why is he trying to intimidate them from doing their work? Because he is furious, because he is angry. And I'm telling you that there is a spirit of Sanballat that tries to come anytime you start building something for the Lord because the enemy gets upset and he doesn't want to have it, right? But when the enemy is angry and he's trying to intimidate us, it is because he's the one that's intimidated by what is going to happen if we complete the work. Amen? Someone say the enemy is intimidated. The enemy is intimidated. And so he comes with this intimidation. Now think about it. Like if you were going to fight someone that is this big and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to cream them in a second. Would you need to enter into that boxing ring and start taunting them and intimidating them and just like, oh my gosh, there's no way. You would just be like, you're done, right? So when you use intimidation, it's because you're actually afraid of what they would do if they were fully confident in what they were doing. Amen? And so when the enemy comes and uses intimidation, it should be a clue to us. I'm, I'm being robbed right now. Amen? All right. So, uh, Sanballat. The name Sanballat actually means bramble bush or enemy in secret. Someone say enemy in secret. Mm-hmm. So the spirit of Sanballat is that spirit that gets angry when you want to do something for God. It is that spirit that will mock you from the inside when you desire to do something for God. It is a taunting spirit. It's the same kind of spirit that we saw in Goliath. Okay. Now when we see that kind of mocking, taunting, the, what could you possibly build? That would crash to the ground if even a little fox landed on it. That should be a, a, a little note to you. It's like the enemy's trying to rob from me and there's a reason he's trying to rob from me. When you have those thoughts of insignificance, I want you to not blow it off as being your own thought, but I want you to, to ask the Lord, is this that spirit of sand ballot that's trying to talk me out of my calling because God has plans and purposes to set forth, and there is nothing insignificant in his kingdom. Amen? Someone say, there's nothing insignificant. All right. So Nehemiah's response to this is they all prayed, and they kept working. So someone say, pray. Someone say, keep working. (laughs) Pray, keep working. Don't give up. Don't give up. Romans 12, 21 says, uh, do not be... uh, No, now it just left my brain. Romans 12, 21. Don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Um, keep working. Don't be intimidated. Keep working. There is hope. Those of you that are working with the moral action and stuff, and I know that there's stuff coming down the pike, and it's like, oh my God, it's like so frustrating. You want to rip your hair out at times. But I'm telling you, there is hope. There is hope. There is hope. God is bigger. Amen. He has a plan. He can put people in high places, and he can make things happen. There is always hope. Amen. We want to put our belief in Jesus in those areas. All right, moving on to verse 6. Verse 6. So we built the wall, and the whole wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Someone say, the people had a mind to work. The people had a mind to work. Now, what is, what is that that's confusing? Because you guys preach so much about we don't have to work and we don't have to do stuff for God, right? We don't have to do stuff for God to please him. We don't have to do stuff for God for him to love us. We don't have to do stuff for God for our salvation. We don't have to do stuff for God so that he'll bless us. But we do stuff for God out of our position in Christ, out of our identity. And we know how fully loved we are. We can't help but stay step in the power that he's given us and start doing stuff for Jesus. Amen. Only it's not doing stuff for Jesus. It's doing stuff with Jesus because we are always yoked with him. And then we're resting in his supernatural power and he's accomplishing it. Amen. And I'm telling you that when he brings that and he's accomplishing it through you, it is the greatest joy you could possibly have. It activates every wiring that he's placed inside of you. It's desire fulfilled. It's all the deepest things getting fulfilled. Amen. It is so, so powerful. It was awesome. Colleen had such a good word. Uh, last night, um, she, she was speaking this word of rest um, over, over Aaron. And uh, rest stands for radically entering spiritual territory. I'm like, come on. We got Okay, we got to say that again. Radically entering spiritual territory. So when we're resting in Jesus, it's not just like I'm sitting back and just waiting to see, Jesus, what are you going to do? I'm just like, okay, whatever. Whatever happens, happens, and it's meant to be. Like, that's, that's not what rest looks like. Rest is like, I'm praying, I'm seeking the Lord, and when he tells me to do something, I'm obedient, but I'm doing it with him, and I'm not going to get ahead of him, and I'm not going to be behind him, but I am going to be radically entering into spiritual territory. Amen? The only way that you can enter into spiritual territory is through rest in what he's doing. Amen. We can't enter into spiritual territory in our own striving. Amen. So it's always based on our position in Christ that is already settled because of what Jesus did. Amen. Somebody say, it is finished. If you are a blood-bought believer in Christ and you have Jesus, your lamb, then it is finished. Amen. And if you don't, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end. Amen. All right. Um, so... And moving on to Nehemiah 4, 11 to 14. And let's see what else happens in the story. Um, our enemy said, they will not know or see until we come among them, kill them, and put a stop to the work. When the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times, they will come up against us every place where you may turn. What was Nehemiah's response to that? Then I stationed men in the lowest parts of the space behind the wall, the exposed places, and I stationed the people in what? In families. I stationed the people in families with their swords, spears, and bows. 
When I saw their fear, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. So what was Nehemiah's solution for um, enemy persecution coming and trying to destroy what it was they're building? He said, go to the front lines, but I don't want you men to go to the front lines by yourself and fight the war out there. I want you to bring your whole entire family and they're going to be placed in the most vulnerable places and you guys are going to be fighting for your families. You're not just fighting for this wall, you're fighting as a family for your family. And let me tell you, that is a powerful position in this season because there are many things that we need to fight, amen? There are many things that we need to speak up for and be bold about, amen? We need to see things move and shift in the government mountain. We need to see things move and shift in the political mountain, amen? We also need to see things move and shift. We need to see everyone come to Jesus. Amen? We need to see revival happen. We need to see evangelism happening on the streets and millions and millions of people coming back to the Lord. Amen? But in both those fronts, we need to bring our family with us. We need to fight as a family. We need to have our kids in the know. We want to bring them with us and not have them back in a room somewhere as we fight the battles because we're stronger together as a family. Amen. And it's not just about fighting the war for family, but it's also keeping our families intact as we fight those battles. Amen. As we're fighting for the sanctity of life, as we're fighting for the sanctity of family, we don't want to uh, offer up our families and our marriages and our children on the altar of ministry. Does this make sense? Or on the altar of fighting for a cause. We can do all the things. Someone say we can do all the things. Yes. This is why we're putting such a heavy emphasis right now on relationships and why we're going through the Relationship 101 series. For some people, it might look like, why, why are we doing, there's like so much craziness going on. Why are we talking about boundaries? Why are we talking about how to love people well or whatever? And it's like, that's actually what Jesus called us to do. That's actually what discipleship looks like is how do we love well? How do we keep our families intact so that we're not sacrificing those things for a cause. Does this make sense? Like, what does that win if we're standing up for families and all of our families are broken? Amen? There's so many people that have experienced so much pain because of brokenness in family. And so we have to fight that battle as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yes. War together in families, moms, dads, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, all fighting together as a family. Nehemiah knew that there was strength and power in this. People will fight harder for their families. Amen. We must fight to protect our families, but we must fight with our families and not leave them behind to go to war. Part of this as well is training up our kids. And I know I've done this illustration before, but when you run a relay race, right, and you're like running and you've got the baton. <laughs> I always want to call it something weird. Um, you've got the baton and you're running and you're going to pass it to the next guy. You actually have to run alongside each other at the same speed for a while before you pass the baton. And then you're expecting that they're going to run faster than you could. Amen. And so it's that season of running with our kids, getting them involved, praying together as a family over issues and things and making sure that like, cause they have some awareness. Amen. How many of you know kids are smarter than we think? right? 
But if we get them involved and get them empowered and get them full of hope, oh my gosh, it's powerful. And then they actually feed us hope as well because we're like, something has to shift for that generation. We're not just waiting for Jesus to come back. Is he coming back? Oh man, I don't know. I hope so. (laughs) But it's like, we can't live our lives in that mode just like, oh, well, Jesus better come and fix it all because he expects us to be more powerful than that. And he says, I will raise up my church Amen. She'll be without spot or wrinkle, and the gates of hell will not prevail against her. Amen. So as long as we have breath in our lungs, we have a fight here. Amen. Amen. That is good. Amen. All right. <laughs> Nehemiah four sixteen to 20. This is going to be our, our position here. From that day on, half of my servants carried on the work while half of them held the spears, the shields, and uh, the bows and the breastplates, and the captains were behind the whole house of Judah. Those who were rebuilding the wall and those who carried burdens took their load with one hand doing the work and the other holding a weapon. Now look at that picture. You got a shovel in one hand, you got a sword in the other. So as we're building... We are warring, amen? But we're not just warring and laying down our shovel. We're still dreaming. We're still building things, amen? But we're warring and we're carrying a shovel. I'm telling you, God has grace for that in this season, amen? As for the builders, each wore his sword girded at his side as he built while the trumpeter stood near me. I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and extensive, and we are separated on the wall far from one another. At whatever place you hear the sound of the trumpet, rally to us there. Our God will fight for us. Someone say, our God will fight for us. Amen. So it's like, here's the plan. We're going to be warring. We're going to be building. We're doing this with our families on the front line. And anytime there's like an emergency or something's happening over here, sound the trumpet and we're all going to band together and we're going to fight together and we're going to keep building. Amen. This is our, this is our posture in this season. Amen. All right. Our God will fight for us. Let's put up Nehemiah 6, 15 to 16. So the wall was completed on the 25th of the, tw- of the month Elul, I'm assuming, Elul, in 52 days when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they what? Lost their confidence. Ooh, where's Sanballat now? Okay. They lost their confidence for they recognized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. So there is something that testifies to the world when we continue to build, when we continue to dream, and we're building with the plans that God has given us. It says something to the world. God is with us. God is on the throne. Amen? And it starts to disappoint the enemy when he's trying to bring that intimidation. It's like, no, actually, you're the one that's intimidated. We're going to keep building, and God is going to show himself faithful. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Someone say sword and a shovel. We need to put our trust in God. Putting our trust in God. Amen. So, Miss Mercy, are you ready to come on up? She has a little encouragement to share. Come on down. Prophetess Mercy. Mm -hmm. Can you guys give Mercy a hand?
guys. I was going to say good morning, but it's 12 o'clock now, so <laughs> good afternoon. Um, today's topic is about peace. So this whole week, I've been trying to figure out what to talk about. Because usually when they do next gen, I go along the course of the weeks, listen to what God has to tell me, and then, like, I'll preach about it. But then I didn't have time after Pastor Joy told me last Sunday. So I was, I put this together over the course of the week. So hopefully it's good. <laughs> um, so when she told me that I was going to be preaching, I immediately started to panic because I had nothing prepared, as I said. And then I felt like a rush of peace go over me. And so this past week, there have been some challenges for me. And in each situation, I hear the word peace. And there's so many different ones that I'm forgetting, but I remember a few of them. So one of them was my phone. My phone has been running out of storage no matter how many times I delete videos and pictures, and I don't get it. And so I was, like, getting so irritated with my phone because it, it kept saying, like, iCloud storage is full. I'm like, how is it full if I keep deleting everything? And so it's like, peace. And I'm like, it's a phone. Like, what? Like, you don't realize how tiny you can use peace. And another one was math. <laughs> Hi, Dad. <laughs> so... Whoever decided to put X, Y, and Z in, into math, we need to have a talk. But um, <laughs> um, so we learned this new topic. I didn't understand it, and my friends didn't understand it. And you know, the next situation, I would go to my teacher. No, um, me and my teacher. Let's just say he's another story. But <laughs> I heard peace, and I'm like, well, how am I supposed to have peace if I don't get it? My friends don't get it. So I was getting frustrated over that, and I just kept hearing peace. And so I got irritated, <laughs> and I said, well, how am I supposed to have peace of a situation when I feel like I'm drowning? Like, I feel like there's, like, you keep saying peace, but there's not much peace that I'm finding. And so, which brings me to Isaiah 54.10. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. And actually, when I saw this, I was on my phone, still preparing the speech this morning, and I went on my Bible app, and I scrolled up, and that is where that was. And so I was like, okay, I feel like I have to put this in there. So, But anyways, I heard peace, and I would get frustrated myself. I feel like, I would say, like, I feel like you're not giving it to me. Like, what do I have to do to find peace? And then that's when it hit me that I wasn't searching for peace in God. I was searching for peace in other things. I would search for peace in my friends, in my family, in my school, in anything else besides God. And I'm like, well, you keep saying peace, but I'm, I'm not getting anything. And, well, duh, it's not God. <laughs> and so when you told me that I was going to be mess doing this message, I was freaking out. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> And so when, when you told me that I was going to be doing this this week, I was like, well, God, you better talk quick. I got to get this done by Sunday. Like, <laughs> and so, like, I don't know how people are just, like, 
so calm, like not all the time, like in situations, they'll take a deep breath and they'll chill and they'll relax like, what? Like it takes me a few minutes to calm down, me personally. But I feel like a lot of us need peace and acceptance over our situations. And I feel like now is the time to strengthen our relationship. And I feel like with peace, then your relationship will get stronger. And when you listen to God and what he has to say for you, then that will also help. Because I feel like so many of us will pour out our hearts to God. And then when he's ready to tell us or give us a message back, we're already gone. And we're not there. And I feel like God is just telling us, like, hold on. Have some peace. And um, so, yeah, I uh, hold on. Okay, <laughs> which leads me to the next verse, which is John fourteen twenty seven. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and peace. I give the peace I give to you. The world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. So I feel like God is giving us some peace over our situations right now. This is usually the part where Pastor Joy tells me to speak from my heart. <laughs> <laughs> So I feel like so many of so many of whoa so many of us are trying to find peace in a lot of different things that aren't God and some of you be like whoa that's not me eh, wrong but honestly if you think about it <laughs> when's the last time that you actually like sat down and like had like a good conversation with God and tell him how you feel and then wait for him to give you feedback I feel like so many of us get caught up in the moment and then tell him and run off and then we're the ones we have the audacity to ask God, why aren't you responding? And he's like, yo, I'm here. Like, <laughs> just wait a minute. <laughs> so I feel like so many of us just need to, like, wait and have peace over our situation and through the warfare because the enemy, he's trying so hard right now, so hard. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and so I feel like we, we just need to tell him no. Like, you don't have any power over me. Like Pastor Joy was saying, saying that you're intimidated. Like, we scare you. And so I just feel like we need to have peace and we need to go to the Lord. And I just feel like so many of us could use peace over your situation. So I think that should be part of your prayer this week. Plot twist, I'm still speaking. Um, <laughs> does anybody need peace over their situation? You could just stand up. <laughs> so, so everybody standing up? Okay. Um, <laughs> Lord, I just pray right now, peace over everybody, over their situations, Lord, that they're opening their hearts for your answers, Heavenly Father. Lord, I just pray peace over everybody, abundant peace, Lord, that you're coming to them and giving them peace through every situation, Heavenly Father. And God, I just pray right now, peace over families, marriages, jobs, schools, situations. I command all fear to leave right now in the name of Jesus. I command anxiety, depression to leave right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I just pray for peace and the armor of God over every single one of your children, O Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Woo. Woo. Come on, wow. Did you guys feel that? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Fire. 
Wow. Yeah. I felt that. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, that's so good. Yeah, we just received. Just stay in receive mode for a second. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Woo. Yeah, I thank you, Lord, that you are so there for us, God. Lord, even as Sand Ballad is trying to screech and do his thing and, hey, come meet me in the valley of oh, no. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are so faithful, God, that you are so present, Lord, and that you, you give us uh, not just the thought or idea of peace, but you actually give us your substance of peace, and we just fully receive that right now, and we just apply it in all the situations, Lord, where we've been running, where we've been striving, worrying, God, and I just thank you so much, Lord, for wisdom, and not just wisdom, but impartation from the mouth of, of a child, God. We just give you glory. We give you glory, God. You're so good. You're so good. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, so we just declare to um, every spirit of intimidation, sand ballot, whatever it is, um, that we will not be speechless, that we will not be silent, that we will not be muzzled, that we will not be intimidated, God. Um, Lord, I thank you, Father, that you're imparting supernatural boldness, Jesus. Lord, for us to speak up in those times, to, to share our faith, God, and we just thank you so much for it, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we have Julia come on? On up is Julia. Julia. Oh, oh, gotcha. Awesome, awesome. Yay, yay, yay. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Amen. So we're, we're meant to be bold, we're meant to be joyful, and we're meant to be famous for love. We're meant to be famous for loving well. And so it's really important, like the warfare is important, standing up is important, but also warring for love and in that place of love and warring for connection is, is the goal. Amen. That's everything. Praise God. Praise God.